You're listening to the Hustler Hot Seat Podcast, episode number 28. In this episode, I sat down with Kristen from The Greener Good, and we talked about all things environmental sustainability. Kristen is a Toronto native who has always been passionate about the environment. So much so that she opened up an Instagram account called The Greener Good, which she uses to inspire and encourage others to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Kristen is also currently working on developing a consulting company that is going to work with businesses and schools in the GTA to help inspire and encourage them in a very open and non-judgmental way to also live more sustainably. This episode is going to get you hella fired up. There is so much happening right now with our environment and with our planet, and we need to start taking action now. I wouldn't have anyone else on this podcast to talk about this topic other than Kristen, and I say that because Kristen was easily one of the driving forces behind why I have decided to live a more zero-waste lifestyle and also transition to veganism. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. I'm going to let Kristen talk about everything that she has to say, and I truly, truly, truly hope that you listen. You're listening to The Hustler Hot Seat, and I'm your host, Kirsten Perry. I help young entrepreneurs turn their passions into profit-building businesses. From marketing for your niche to partnering with your ideal clients, I'm here to help, and so are some of my fellow entrepreneurs. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, worry about the hustle later, and let's get to it. Hi, Kristen, and welcome to the Hustler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm super stoked to have you on the podcast and talk all about environmentalism and sustainability and every freaking hot topic that's happening in the news right now. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk today. And we'll just have you start by telling your story. Sure. Yeah. Um, Basically, sustainability and environmental awareness is something I was always very drawn to. Even when I was younger, I went to camp a lot as a kid, studied sustainability a little bit in university, and I just felt something. It felt like something that was always going to be like a side thing that I always cared about, but I never really saw it as something that I would make into like a lifestyle or like a like something that would pay my bills kind of thing. Um, and then as I started growing a little bit older, I did a a kind of a stint international tour guiding in Central and South America, which was really an incredible opportunity, but really also opened my eyes to the issues like plastic pollution and the damages of airplane travel and things like that. So when I returned home, I had a little bit of reverse culture shock in kind of adjusting back to Toronto life. But it also made me realize that whether it was going to make money or not, I couldn't really ignore how passionate I was about sustainability So I created an Instagram, I guess this was like almost a year ago today, that was kind of just meant to be kind of an outlet for me to talk about the things that I cared about. Um, And I created a free ebook that was kind of like very simple behavioral changes that people could make. And my whole goal was to make it really non-confrontational and non-judgmental because I really felt like a lot of the stuff that I was seeing was kind of like, you need to do this or else like you're contributing to the problem or like you need to like sell your car and become vegan overnight and do all these things. And it was kind of like all or nothing, black or black or white. 
And I didn't really feel like that was a, an effective way of inspiring people. Instead, it was kind of like isolating people to make them feel like crap about their decisions. And a lot of my friends were like, I care about this. Like, I like really care about the environment or I care about water or I care about plastic, but I have a full-time job or I have a kid or I have like a lot of bills to pay and I can't throw out my whole daily routine to make changes. Um, in such an extreme way so I wanted to kind of bridge that gap for people and that's kind of where I am now where I'm trying to start a consulting business that creates like very digestible friendly ways for people to be a part of the environmental movement without like throwing out their entire lifestyle because people still want to have fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean like people want to have like a nice um, life and feel like they can still kind of enjoy the finer things without feeling guilty. And I think there's still room for that, but we have to still incorporate new behaviors as well. So your Instagram account, The Green Are Good, is that your full-time mm-hmm. job or do you have another job that you do right now while you're kind of in transition? Yeah, I definitely see myself as in transition. So right now, right now I also work as a bartender part-time for a company that does like event bartending um, throughout the throughout the city. I live in Toronto. So that's been kind of nice because I can pick and choose my own hours and very much like stay flexible with like an entrepreneurial schedule. Um, But when I am like tight on rent, I can pick up shifts when I need to. And that's been nice because it's been very accommodating of me having this project that was kind of a side thing for a while. And now I'm bringing it more to the front, uh, the forefront and having um, the bartending be the be the side. (laughs) So yesterday you made an announcement on your Instagram about this Mm -hmm. new partnership that you have. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? And then is that the the thing that you're hoping is going to bridge that transition into full time side hustle, not so much a side hustle anymore? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, I was fortunate enough to cross paths with who is now my current business partner, Annie Wells. Um, at a wedding, we just like had mutual friends and our dates had both brought each other, brought ourselves, <laughs> sorry. So that worked out really well. And um, she owns uh, a company called Simply Suzette, which basically takes like vintage denim and works with like sustainable denim companies as a means of like, you can still have really nice denim pieces, but not buying new, which obviously uses a lot of water resources and has a lot of chemical issues and stuff like that. So we were very much aligned in our messaging and being like, oh, yeah, like you can still have nice things or whatever, but doing it in a way that was very conscious. So we're now working together. I have my own personal account, which is the green or good, which is kind of like what we see as like the umbrella. But we're having this new um, kind of diversion, which is going to be the green or good consulting, which is her and I going to businesses and schools around Toronto and delivering workshops and zero waste kits and kind of consulting with companies and businesses that are like interested in making these choices, but not our, our focus really wants to be on the individual. So like coworkers that know that they want to be making more sustainable choices, but maybe don't know how we don't really want to focus on the actual business and what they're doing. Cause we really see like the power of one and like individual change is like where our, our specialty is. It's really interesting that you say that because I would say over the last maybe month, month and a half, I've began a transition to lower waste and Mm -hmm. I'm like on my way to veganism and getting there. Um, But when I started talking about what I was doing and trying to educate the people around me on why I was doing it, why it's important, Mm -hmm. the number one thing I got, well, 
what's the point? You're only one person. It's not going to make a difference. So you're focusing on the individual because you think the individual is what's going to make the change. So let's talk about that a little bit and maybe educate the listeners about the power of one. Totally. So I feel like one thing that we've really touched on a lot, Annie and I, through our discussions, and especially me when I'm speaking to people like you have, and I've been following your transitions and all this stuff, and I think it's so awesome. Thank Um, you. (laughs) But I think a lot of the things that keep on getting addressed is what I feel is a lot of the businesses that really benefit from our apathy and from our lack of action are also the ones that are benefiting the most from environmental destruction. So the companies that are like, oh, yeah, you, could, you should splurge on this burger or you should like drive this nice car, kind of like all these big kind of consumer co- like based companies, they really don't want us to feel empowered by our actions and by our individual daily purchases. Because when we do feel like we have that power, we, we don't want to put it into the hands of companies that don't care about the same things that we care about. So what I really feel like is super powerful and kind of almost like this legacy piece is we work really hard for our money. And we often throw it away to companies that aren't aligned with our values at all. And we don't really think about it as money, almost as energy and as voting, as voting for a society and voting for kind of the, the, the space that we want to see in the world. And when you kind of think about it like that, it's really empowering and it's also really exciting. Like, I don't want to give companies my hard earned money if they're not going to use it in a way that aligns with my values. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on the business, which I think disconnects people from the message, we really want to have people feel really powerful in the environmental movement and really excited about like going into a a coffee shop with their reusable mug or going into a takeout place with their own cutlery or whatever and make it almost like this exciting personal movement and have that snowball into making more environmental decisions, maybe them voting physically actually in elections differently Um, But I think those individual changes kind of spark this exciting thing internally that we're hoping kind of transcends across everyone's actions. You know what I mean? Maybe that's Mm -hmm. a little bit overreaching, but that's kind of how we see it. I think it is like a chain reaction because Mm -hmm. once you see one person doing something, you kind of like get a spark in your mind where you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I should be doing that too. And it's something like super simple. I used to work a ton at Starbucks and I would always get my drink when I was working there in a glass. And Mm -hmm. someone messaged me once and said, oh my gosh, where did you get that glass? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, you ask for it, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> something so simple. It yeah. Totally. So, it, and then yeah. people will tell me, they're like, oh, every time I go to Starbucks now, I get it in like an actual glass. I'm like, that's amazing. And it makes me feel good because that's how I felt when I see other people do it. And it inspired me. And now I get to inspire other people. And I'm every time someone says, well, you're only one person. I'm like, yeah, but I was one person. And now that turned into five people. And those five people are going to, yeah. And then it turns into 25 and 50. Like it's, it's insane. And I think education is a huge component of it. So the fact that your consulting firm is going to like focus on that, I think that is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited about it. And I think when it comes to especially with like behavioral change, it can be hard because people can so often feel kind of judged or attacked or felt like their lifestyle is kind of on blast. Like, oh no, I'm making all these wrong decisions. That Now that makes me a bad person. So one thing that definitely with my personal account, The Greener Good tries to do is like, I just try to live it. It's not perfect ever, but like 
I just try to live um, my best every single day. And then I'm hoping by doing that, just like you did at the Starbucks, by asking for the, the, the for here mug, I'm hoping that that kind of inspires people. So that's why I often always on my stories, I'm like picking up garbage whenever I walk to the subway or whenever I'm walking home, I'll just like pick up like five pieces of trash whenever I see it's not hard to do. I could definitely pick up more, but whenever they're like big bottles or something like that, I'll pick it up. And I've had people applaud. I've had people say like, thank you. And I'm like, sweet. Like I'm, I'm not telling anyone, Hey, you should pick up garbage. Like this is disgusting. I'm just saying, Hey, I, I don't want the garbage to be there. I'm going to pick it up. And then by doing that, it's kind of like an action that moves people forward to think like, okay, maybe next time I see garbage, I'll pick it up. And it's so, it's such a simple concept, but I really don't feel like we have too much right to tell people how to live their life. All we can ask from ourselves is to do the best that we can and hope for the best in terms of like that inspiring other people. But I don't want to come from a preachy or judgmental place ever because life is really complicated and busy and you can't always ask people to have this be like the the biggest thing in their mm-hmm. lives because people maybe they have yeah like a lot of debt and they're trying to work really hard or like they have kids or whatever like I'm not trying to judge people for the way that they live their life but I do think that if people are put in a position of like empowerment they will make those decisions mm-hmm. naturally because we do care about the environment whether we think that we do or not you know I agree. I agree. And unfortunately, it takes things like the Amazon fires to really wake people up and teach them that like, like this is happening. It might not be happening in downtown Toronto. There might not be Mm -hmm. fires in downtown Toronto, but there Mm -hmm. are in other places of the world. And it's because of our actions. Totally. But it's super crazy because when I was at the Veg Fest last weekend, I walked by this piece of garbage and I, I literally walked right by it. And then I thought to myself, I was like, what would Kristen do? <laughs> and then I went and I picked it up and it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I know she's making an impact because that's amazing. like you don't, you're not preachy, but mm-hmm. it's still like, like it's registering in my mind when I'm not even consuming your content. And I think that that's, that's, you're doing something right because that's what what's working that's amazing um, so thank you. yeah well thank you i yeah. pick up garbage now <laughs> yeah <laughs> my so friend glamorous. was like what are you doing and i'm like you're touching trash. i'm like I'm, I'm putting this in the garbage where it belongs <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so and that's yeah that's really that's really what it's all about it's it's honestly so simple and that's mm-hmm. the thing that i've realized the most is that if you just add a little bit of planning into Mm. your day you can literally like right now I've got myself in the mindset where if I don't have reusable bags I can't get groceries (laughs) so and I'm like if I don't have the bags with me then I get groceries at a later date or I go Mm -hmm. home and then I go get groceries but I had to like change my mindset about that Mm -hmm. because it's so convenient to just go and be like yeah sure I'll take six bags but you don't need them no so um when you started the greener good you said it was almost Mm -hmm. a year ago what was that like for you was it scary because now you're putting yourself into a position of i guess authority in the industry like what was that like it was it was really nerve-wracking at the beginning i feel like a lot of people had already especially especially in my close friend group had already known me as the environmental like the eco-friendly one it was kind of an inside joke within a lot of my friends already but kind of going into a new space where i wasn't speaking about stuff from I had a I had a previous account that was like an actual personal account where it was kind of just like travel pictures and whatever else plus some eco content but when I totally started fresh it really felt like I was jumping into unknown territory just because as you said I was trying to come from a place of authority and I didn't really necessarily feel like I had that authority I just 
knew that there was this fire in my belly that I couldn't quite ignore any longer. And I had to do something about it, especially when all these climate reports were coming out. Obviously, this was before the Amazon fires, but there was a report that said we had around a dec- we have around a decade to kind of quell our current projections of like the 1.5 degree increase in temp- global temperature before we kind of reach a point of no return, which really scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry if we're not allowed to swear, but no, it really scared the crap out of me. And I was like, okay, even if this gets five followers, maybe they'll do something. But I just, I knew I couldn't ignore that feeling anymore. So although it was scary, it kind of felt like my only option at that point. It was really me trusting my, trusting my instincts because I knew it was something I was already so passionate about. But um, I, I really was nervous. I think it was that kind of imposter syndrome mixed with a little bit of self-doubt if I'm going to be honest like I, I have had this consulting business idea for probably over two years mm-hmm. um, initially I wanted to do it with like homes where I took people shopping gro- like grocery shopping and kind of redid all of their their products but um, I think I was really nervous to fail <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was something that held me back for around two years and now it kind of got to a point where I was like I don't even care if I fail I just have to try and I kind of mm-hmm. jumped off the deep end but yeah, that that was kind of the, the point of no return. I was like, I can't, I can't sleep anymore. Like literally mm-hmm. it was causing me sleepless nights. So I knew if I felt that strongly about it, that even if it wasn't a huge moneymaker for me at the beginning, I thought the success would come just because I feel so excited and so strongly about it. Do you feel like it's been a year now? Do you still have that feeling of having to be a perfect environmentalist? Like there's that pressure to always be like on point with everything? Totally. I think that's such a good question because it's something I've talked about a lot. Well, internally, I've talked to myself a lot about it, but also on my Instagram because I think that idea of like a perfect environmentalist is what holds a lot of people back from even engaging at all with the movement because I feel I feel like even with veganism, it's kind of like all or nothing. You're either vegan or you're not. You're either sustainable or you're not. You're either this or you're not. And it really dissuades people from even making attempts because they're like, okay, what is one coffee cup? But it's like that one quote, it's always on my Instagram feed, but it's like, it's only one coffee cup said 7 billion people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's kind of the issue I think at hand is that people don't feel like they have a right to contribute if it's not, if they're not doing it in all aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. So I do feel a little bit now the pressure to be much more accountable with my actions and much more transparent because I do feel like I have now, like it's a very small community, but it is a community of people that look up to me and ask me questions all the time about like what they should be doing in their daily life. So I do feel like I really want to practice what I preach, but I feel, I feel like also a part of that is owning up to your mistakes and just seeing them as learning because I think I, I don't know when I said this, it was a few months ago, probably on my stories, but I was like, we're living in a plastic world. Like we're living in a consumer world. We're living in a convenience based world. So we're not being set up for success. So it's okay if we don't, because it like the world doesn't really want us to bring our own cutlery or bring our own mugs or bring our own bags. So if we make those little slip ups, that's okay. That's kind of what the system is built for us to do. But all we can do is just like take a step back, check in our mindset, exactly how you were saying with the grocery bags. Like normally you would just be like, okay, it's only one time. But now you're like, no, like I can do better next time. I'm actually just going to go home first, pick up my bags and I'll go in a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think now I'm a little bit easier on myself in terms of those slip-ups, and, but they also happen less often now that I'm a little bit more practiced at it. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy because even 
the small actions that I've taken over the course of the past month and a month and a half, I'd say Mm. like the people in my close circle, I can hear it in the way that they're talking now. They're like, Ooh, that's a lot of plastic. Or for for prime example, my boyfriend gets something in the mail and he's like, Oh, there's a lot of plastic here. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm so (laughs) proud of you for just like recognizing like the fact that you understand how much, when you order, you're ordering from Amazon, how much plastic is coming in that package. Like just, just the mindset shift because like they're watching it happen firsthand through me. Like that's, I love that. And I have also, it's crazy because I've also kind of felt the imposter syndrome with this particular topic in the fact that I'm scared to post about it on my stories Mm. and in my feed because I'm worried that I'm going to be wrong or I, I'm going to be judged by people or people are going to be like, yeah, okay, like good luck with that. Because that right. is the kind of feedback I got from some of my family. Um, they were like, okay, yeah, that's not going to last. Right. And it's, Same with it's, me. <laughs> it's that, that fear of mm-hmm. like, what are people going to think? But when it's something and a topic so as important as the environment, I think you kind of just have to toss that aside and go with your gut. Totally. And I think that's so powerful. And I really feel like that nails home the point that I think is really at the root of what I want to do, which is like, you don't have to be the perfect environmentalist to care about the climate change, like to care about the climate, to care about the climate crisis. It's all about, you don't have to do everything, but you do have to do something. But yeah, that nails home the exact point of what I wanted to say, which is like, I feel like people really don't feel like they have a place in the movement unless they're being perfect. So I think even that content that you're doing is way more approachable than even sometimes my content is because some people do look at me being like, how do you do all of these things? And I'm like, you really don't realize how simple these changes Mm -hmm. are because they happen slowly. I was vegetarian in 2010 Mm -hmm. and then it built up, built up. My parents hated it, obviously. (laughs) Um, And then I went back to eating meat and then I became vegan after a trip. And then, you know what I mean? Like people don't see the 10 plus years of progress of me dealing with all these different environmental things Mm -hmm. and kind of the backtracks or whatever. They just see where I am now. So I think almost your transition into it and those builds up is is so powerful because it's so relatable to people. And I don't even think everyone needs to necessarily like go vegan or yeah, like do everything overnight or even ever. But again, it's like taking those little steps every single day and just shifting that mindset that's just so, so powerful over time. I I do think it's very gradual and it's a learning process too, because as I go about this, I'm like, oh, I could have done this better. I could do this better. Mm -hmm. And I think telling people I was doing No Meat September was the biggest kind of wake up call or the biggest um, transition that I've done. And some of the things that I got were, well, I could never not eat meat. And totally. I'm like, I, I, so defensive. I, I used to have that same thought and it's totally. been 11 days and I haven't even noticed. Like I could That's not, awesome. I, I have, and chicken used to be, I would eat chicken every single day for at least two meals. Wow. And it, it's crazy how much I don't even notice and how more creative I am with the food that I'm eating where I'm not bored with eating chicken, rice, and broccoli every day, I'm actually spending the time to be creative. So not only is it good for the environment, but it's good for me. It's good for my mental health. And Totally. I think that's incredible. And that's really like, I think, such a big, that when I speak to people about trying to reduce their meat intake, especially following the Amazon fires, when the main reason was to make room for cattle and for cattle crops, 
um, was don't think of it from a place of lack. Don't think of it like, oh, now I can't eat chicken. Now I can't eat eggs. Be like, okay, let's see this as a challenge. Let's see this mm-hmm. as a fun way of me rediscovering a love for food and being like, okay, I know that now three meals out of the week I don't want to eat meat. How can I make those meals replicate kind of meals that I already love? Or how can I try completely different foods that I normally would pass by on the grocery store because I'm already kind of honed in. I already have like my chicken, rice, and broccoli meal Mm -hmm. that I know I'm going to eat almost every single day. And that's been where I found a lot of success in speaking to friends and family is like using it as a way to, to spark that creativity. Oh, you love mac and cheese? Cool. Here, like, let's try to make a really creamy mac and cheese. Like, maybe some of the meals aren't going to be as good as the others. But again, it's like that learning and making it fun again instead of seeing it as like, okay, I need to hit my macros. So I'm going to have this, like, flavorless meat mm-hmm. and potatoes kind of meal. And, yeah, not seeing it as what I can't eat, but rather what I can now eat now that my mind is kind of more open to different opportunities. So I love that you've been finding success mm-hmm. like that. I think that's so cool. Well, even going to the Veg Fest, that would have Mm -hmm. never been something that I would have considered before. But I got to go and try things that taste amazing by people Mm -hmm. that know how to cook. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, they made this without like dairy, without meat, and it tastes amazing. Like I can Mm -hmm. do this too. So, and people see the name Veg or they, they see the word Veg and they're like, ooh. Like, uh, those like aren't my lot. kind of people. Yeah, I'm not veg. I'm not veg. I can't go. Totally. Yeah. They're like, I can't even remember the last time I ate vegetables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you always get so much pushback. And I think one thing that I've realized when that pushback happens is it's not really a reflection of you at all. It's people often feel quite defensive of their lifestyle. And it's almost like a projection of them knowing that maybe they could be doing more. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe that sounds a little bit condescending. And I don't mean it to at all. I just think when people are like, oh, like F, F veganism, like I don't want to do that or whatever, like that's crazy. I'm like, hey, no worries. Like it doesn't have to be for everybody, but there are ways to incorporate more sustainable diet changes or more sustainable habits that don't mean going vegan that are totally within your realm and possibility. But I think people sometimes feel that guilt and almost feel judged because often the vegan movement and the environmental movement have unfortunately had a bit of a history of being quite exclusive and quite judgmental and it makes people it almost gives people a reason to write it off Mm -hmm. so that's why I love the veg food fest because it is so open and kind of like inviting to all these different things like oh yeah I I had the best vegan mac and cheese cheese with like um what was it like the truffle mushrooms and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and the ice cream it kind of lets people know that they don't have to make taste sacrifices um and it also can also be like lightening the load of, of your, your emissions and your footprint in your daily life, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Can, I know it's going to be kind of challenging, but can you maybe give a synopsis of where our planet's at right now and like what, what's going on right now and what has happened over the last 10 years to the point where we need to start making action or else we're basically going to be screwed? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that's a, it's a difficult ask, but I also think it's an important, it's such an important question and such an important thing to talk about because I think I, you and I probably grew up in kind of the age of like people knew the word global warming and they, there's a few documentaries like Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth and a few things where we're like, okay, like let's turn off the tap, let's turn off the lights when we leave the room and we kind of knew the bare minimum of like we're being a little bit more wasteful than we should be, but I don't think even then the everyday person understood how 
really severe the issues were and don't necessarily understand that in the next decade our, our humanity like the way that we actually live in an everyday life is going to be threatened which is quite scary to say out loud but i think once we kind of confront the idea that we are on a kind of a one-way train to a really different way of life it kind of kicks you in the butt a little bit to be like okay let's take this a little bit more seriously I would say the basis of the issue, for me at least how I look at it, is just overconsumption. We've gotten to a place where things are very convenience-driven, and we've kind of gone away from more of a, a simplistic way of life that isn't necessarily based on, okay, well, I want this. Okay, then I'm just going to get it. And we're not used to just making do. And I'm speaking more from the global north, like more the developing world, which creates far more waste and um, is more of an issue than, than developing countries, which don't make nearly as much of an impact. But like this can be seen in like our overfishing. We overfish our oceans, which just means like we are taking fish out of the ocean um, quicker than they can reproduce and, and refill kind of their populations. So like 80% of the world's fisheries right now are, are overfished, overexploited in a state of collapse, which is terrifying because we need the ocean to be in a, in a a way of symbiosis that works in the rest of the world because we need our oxygen. A lot of oxygen comes from algae and stuff like that from the oceans. Um, the destruction of the Amazon, obviously, you mentioned. We're destroying it at the rate of, I think it is, I, I know specifically in the Amazon region of like Brazil, it's at the rate of three soccer fields or like kind of football fields a minute, which is kind of like an incomprehensible amount of mm -hmm. space to be destroying. Yeah. Um, fast fashion, which is one thing that we're going to be touching a lot in also our consultation, is sending millions of pounds of clothing every single year to the landfill. And especially with like us using a lot more synthetic fabrics, those things don't break down. They get in our water systems. We end up drinking a lot of microplastics that way. Um, which is really terrible, and it's going to be a health issue that we're going to be dealing with in the next few years. It's already happening now, but I think it's going to definitely um, become a lot bigger of an issue. Um, poisoning our water systems, chemical runoff. We actually burn a lot of waste and unused clothing and stuff, which releases toxins in the air. It, this sounds so negative. I try to say very <laughs> positive, but like when you think about it, it kind of like gets your mind going a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously where I started with my environmental movement was the vegan diet, or at least like more of a plant-based diet, because... It takes like 2,500 liters of water to produce one pound of beef. It's a, an incredibly ineffective food system. We make 10 times the amount of grain and corn to feed to cattle than we could just be produce, like consuming ourselves. So there actually is enough farmland available right now to feed all of the world and then some. But because of our drive for meat, we're producing so much more cattle feed to feed animals that we then eat and like all the water and just everything that it takes to create um, animal-based products that it just it's incredibly um, waste or sorry it's incredibly resource intensive mm -hmm. and I think if we really simplified back down to like what our needs truly are I think some people do genuinely not maybe not need to uh, eat meat but like really enjoy having those meals and I think that's okay but I think us having like the the eggs and bacon for breakfast the chicken for dinner and the or the chicken for lunch and the steak for dinner it's just like it's not a sustainable way for us to be eating anymore. And I think the more that we move away from that and maybe view those kind of things as a treat, you know what I mean? Like something mm -hmm. that can be kind of indulged in like once a month, once every other month as a way of like celebrating food or celebrating a meal, whatever. Because I understand that people do have cultural ties to animal products and I'm not here to judge that. But 
the more that even like with fast fashion, us over consuming, oh, I kind of want a new tank top. I'm just going to go get it and not understanding, okay, a person may have been exploited um, to make this really cheaply and really mm-hmm. like effectively. And it uses dyes because it's half polyester, half whatever. And it's never going to break down fully in our environment. Like, do I really need this tank top? Or maybe can I just text my friend and ask her if she has a tank top that I could borrow? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It is like that yeah. shift in mindset of like making do with what's already available and not trying to create a demand for more and more and more new products. You covered a lot. Yeah, sorry. That was probably <laughs> no, a lot. <laughs> no, that's totally okay. It's definitely not enough time on a like single podcast episode totally. to cover it. And uh, there are podcasts out there that have episodes on episodes on episodes talking about Absolutely. it all. Um, but for the listeners, I highly recommend you check out Kristen's Instagram account. It's the greener good with a period in between the words. Yeah. Um, she has highlight covers for each of the things she just talked about. So definitely listen and watch those. Um, and then Kristen, if you could just um, maybe give like five things that people can do today um, to really work on how much waste they're producing or how much meat they're consuming, like top five things that they can do right now. Totally. Um, I don't know if I have five off the top of my head, but I'll go for it. The okay. biggest thing and we kind of like, touched on this already is just mm-hmm. understanding that um, progress, um, not perfection. So the idea mm-hmm. that like every single day we have a new chance to make a more positive impact on this planet. And that's a really incredible opportunity every single day. The -hmm. first thing that I would do is maybe take one to five things that you do throughout the week that you recognize as being your biggest wasteful habits. So for me, that was like me going out and getting a coffee every single day. I ate a lot of takeout food um, and just like the groceries that I bought. I wasn't always really mindful, especially when I was eating meat and cheese. Um, But also now, like as a vegan, it's easy to get like very packaged items. So I made sure that I invested in a reusable mug that I really loved that was small enough for me to bring around all the time. That was the coffee. That's me removing almost 250 pieces of um, like 250 coffee cups from the landfill every single year that take 10 plus years to break down. So I already know, bing, bing, bing. That's one thing that I've done that year, you know? Yeah. Um, Grocery store, just like kind of being mindful of like glass is always a better option of going. Tin is always a better option because those things are, more easily recyclable than plastic. Only 9% of plastic is ever recycled. Um, and then the last thing would just be takeout. Usually I, I really have a thing for Thai food. And as a Thai food place around the corner, I bring my takeout when I order from them. And then they put it in the container that I already have. And they've never had an issue with it. Nice. So those are three things of me in a week that I've already eliminated so much waste in a year or in five years or in 10 years of me consuming. Um, and that has a ripple effect. Um, that's really powerful. So I'd say those things. And then also not being afraid to engage with um, maybe a documentary or an article that normally that maybe you wouldn't want to engage with because you don't really want to hear the news or you don't want to mm-hmm. hear how bad it is. But I really think it can be a point of empowering you to make those decisions. So watching a documentary like Cowspiracy is a really great way of jumping off of like understanding the connection of the food that we eat and the impact that it has on the planet. And then in general, just like not being too hard on yourself when you make those mistakes and seeing them as learning is is really great and isn't going to dissuade you almost like a yo-yo diet when you have like a a binge day, Mm -hmm. really seeing it as like, okay, you know what, this is now, I know why this happened and I'm going to learn better and do better the next day. Beautiful. Those are all very actionable and all very easy and Mm -hmm. things that I've just kind of implemented over the last month. Um, Totally. And I, I really like the last one of not being too hard on yourself because there are slip ups and... You're trying to untrain 
everything you were taught over the past maybe 20, 30 years. So totally. you have to cut yourself some slack. Absolutely. Um, so where do you see the greener good going over the next year, the next five years? So you just have this new partnership, but mm -hmm. like in a perfect scenario, what does that look like for you a year from now? I would say I would really, I really see the greener good consulting, especially growing into kind of like a boutique agency with maybe like five plus employees of people that go around to businesses and schools. I really think schools is a really um, important aspect of it too. Um, throughout Toronto, and delivering like really kick-ass workshops. I really like this idea. We're starting like these zero waste kits that are using um, like no new resources. So we're kind of like rescuing dead stock fabric and hand sewing them into totes. We're doing cutlery and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I see those kind of taking off as well. And then in five years, I'd love it to branch out outside of Toronto. I see this as being really applicable in a lot of major cities. So seeing that grow would be really incredible. Um, I'd also love to start a podcast in some sort of video kind of format um, as a way of getting more creativity in there. And then eventually, if I'm really dreaming big, I would love to do some sort of like sustainable work uh, workshop retreats, like where we take people into green spaces and reconnect them with nature and really like hammer in these these things in a more like condensed and personalized way. I'm really excited to watch all of that happen. So yeah, me too. Me too. It's gonna be a lot of work, but I'm ready for it. Yeah, I think you can do it. So. So at the end of every episode, I do this thing called the Rapid Fire Five. So it's five questions. You just shoot out your first answer, and then we kind of close off. Awesome. So the best vegan dish. Oof! I just love vegan mac and cheese. I love it. Your favorite vintage clothing find. Um, I have a really, I have really good luck with jeans. Okay. Uh, an organization you care deeply about? Oh, so many. <laughs> um, probably Greenpeace. Best book you've ever read? The Power of Now. And the person in your life who inspires you the most? Oh my goodness. I have so many. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Um, this probably sounds cheesy, but probably my partner, Andres, because he is not an environmentalist, but he cares about things so much and he really inspires me to like look beyond just like my focus of what I care about. So that's not cheesy, but also beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close off the episode, why don't you just tell the audience where they can find you online and how they can sure. get in contact with you? Awesome. I'm just going to plug myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, on Instagram, it is the green or good with periods between each, uh, each word. And then um, I have a website, thegreenorgood.net. And then, yeah, you can find me on both those platforms and there's contacts and everything there that you can find. And they should download your ebook. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's available for free to download. It's called Eco Made Easy. So it's kind of just trying to get people to make easy behavioral changes um, that are more sustainable every day. Perfect. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm super duper stoked for this episode to go out on Monday. Um, it's about time people start educating themselves. And I think you are the perfect person to have on to help them do it and feel good about it. So awesome. Thank you so much. Jason. I really appreciate it. This has been really fun.